Welcome to the Homeownership Insights Podcast, your leading mortgage podcast, sponsored by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Listen as experts from across the country share knowledge to help home buyers and homeowners make the best decisions in their homeownership journey. Our next podcast begins right now. Welcome back to the Homeownership Insights Podcast. I'm Casey Morris, and today I'm talking with Ty Christensen, who is the Chief Diversity and Public Relations Officer for the social enterprise Arrive Home. And we are talking about a really important topic. Um, Obviously, it's February, which means that it's Black History Month. And in honor of that, we wanted to dedicate an episode to the critically important topic of Black homeownership in the U.S., which, of course, is an important topic all year, not just in February, but we wanted to take this opportunity to really spotlight this topic. So, Ty, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So just to dive right in, um, you know, I had been reading, according to the Pew Charitable Trust, the homeownership gap between Black and white Americans in 2022 was 45.3% to 75, I'm sorry, to 74.6%. And that's a larger gap than there was in the 1960s. What do you see as the key reasons that are driving this gap? Well, it's interesting. Pew has it as high as 45% because some of the data that's come out this year has shown it only between 42 and 44. So I'm slightly encouraged to hear that it's up to almost 45. Um, but let us remember that that is a lower homeownership rate than our parents enjoyed. Um, and so this is very perplexing and troubling for the Black community in general. A lot of things contribute to uh, the depressed rates of Black homeownership. Um, we've got modern day redlining, income gaps between Black and whites, credit score gla- gaps between Black and whites. But moreover, educationally, um, in the Black community, we are not taught about homeownership from a young age because most of our grandparents and parents have not been homeowners. And so this is information that we are not given as children. And so it's important for us as a community to start to turn the tide, talking with our kids about homeownership, how it's possible, and for us ourselves to model homeownership. You know, I'm a fifth generation homeowner. Uh, Homeownership goes back five five generations, as I said, in my family. So my great, great, great grandfather uh, was the first homeowner in our family. And when he died in 1902, he owned 50 acres of land. And he left a home for each one of his eight children. And so homeownership has always been exceedingly important to me and my family. And I have been doing everything I can in my professional capacity to bring that message to our Black community at large. And on that education topic, um, because that is so important, I think, you know, if you don't see that modeled or no one's talking to you about it, then it's not going to be on your radar. But, it, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later. Um, homeownership is so crucial to wealth building in the U.S. So it, it just exacerbates that gap. Um, so in terms of education, what do you see as being the biggest need and what might that look like in a really um, positive and effective way? Like you mentioned talking to children even about homeownership. So where do you see this starting and what would that look like ideally? Well, clearly it starts in the home, right? But if your parents and grandparents have been modeled that for you, where do you go to get information? Interestingly enough, a lot of congregations in the Black community, pastors, priests, bishops, are starting to talk about home ownership to their congressional members because they want this community to increase home ownership numbers so we can increase our wealth as a general population. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about TikTok. There's all kinds of real estate agents and loan officers on TikToks. 
spreading the message about homeownership, trying to really break it down to small pieces that can be received by people that don't really know a lot about the process. Um, you know, I, my husband and I have bought four homes together and I've been in the industry for over 20 years. And even our last home that we built and bought together, I was even confused and perplexed and frustrated by the process. And again, been in the industry 20 years. This is my fourth home. Um, so, so just imagine someone that comes from a generational renting family. It is a lot of information and it is exceedingly overwhelming, but there are great websites for first-time home buyers. Downpaymentresource.org is another great website where people can go and get information that's easily received in smaller chunks to start learning about the process from a granular level and increasing their knowledge slowly over time. Do you have any thoughts on how lenders can participate in this and how they can make a point of reaching potential black home buyers and really, you know, making the message um, accessible because it is overwhelming. Even when you know a little bit about the process, it's like, there's so many things to think about. There's so many terms, so many decisions to make that it's like, if, if you have no background in it at all, it's very hard to feel confident that you're making the right choice. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, I was an underwriter for many, many years of my my career. And so when we're building this house a couple of years ago and I was so frustrated, I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? Like, I know what's going on. I know all about AUS. Why am I so why am I so feeling emotional about the process right now? Right. It's a very emotional process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people don't set you up for that expectation, specifically if you're a first time home buyer and you're either losing bids to people that are offering more money or maybe your underwriter comes back with some questions about your qualifying income. It's very triggering specifically to people in minority communities because we have experienced so much financial trauma over the generations. And we have a distrust with the lending industry and the banking industry as a whole. The black community is one of the largest demographics that are what's called unbanked. That means they don't put their money in traditional banking establishments. So first and foremost to your question, I would say that lenders need to do a great job of outreach. What does outreach look like to the community? Well, let's just say, how many Black loan officers do you have working for you? How many Black faces do you have that can go into these communities and talk to people on a Black to Black level where we understand what you're saying? And you can also break it down for us in a way that maybe your white counterparts don't know to do. So that would be first and foremost. What does your what does your website look like? Are, are you reflecting images uh, that are culturally inclusive? Right. Do you have brown faces? Do you have black faces? Do you have blended family? Right. Your staff, again, to that point, you if you can't see it, then how can you be it? You know, if you don't if you don't have any experience in the black community, how are you going to do great outreach? What are you doing to build outreach in the community? Are you hosting at public events? Are you hosting barbecues? or picnics? Are you having flyers and material that are reflective of the communities that you want to serve? These are all little small things that most lenders can do to start increasing their brand awareness and communities of color. And you also mentioned redlining, which I wanted to talk to you about. So I had read that even in 2021 and 2022, banks are still being accused of redlining. They're being fined for it. Um, there are stories of discrimination in home appraisals. Um, and obviously, both of those things are illegal. Um, so what can Black homeowners do to vet lenders and other real estate professionals before they apply with them or agree to work with them to ensure that they are getting fair representation and that they can feel confident that the person they're working with really has their best interest at heart and is really going to bat? for them. 
Specifically for uh, black and brown community members, I really like to recommend starting with a real estate professional that's from your demographic. Um, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with a NARAB, the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. It's the oldest black, uh, predominantly black real estate association, and they have all black realists where they call them real tists, not instead of real tours. Um, and they work within our black community and partner with their black consumers to provide them information in a way that is trusting and that they can can go ahead and create that loyalty between the consumer before the consumer even outreaches to a lender. More oftentimes, if you're working with a black real estate professional, they're going to have a corresponding black loan officer or, or black lending group that you can work with that is very familiar with lending to our community. Um, Hispanic community, NAREP, the National Association of uh, National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. That's another great resource. Um, there's NAMBA, that's N-A-M-M-B-A, National Association of Minority Mortgage Bankers of America. Another great resource for people of color to go to and outreach to people that look, sound, and feel like them and begin to create that trust. Secondly, once you do pick your real estate professional, if you have a bank that you're interested in working with or a lender you're interested in working with, go to their website, see if they have a cultural inclusion page or a DEI platform page that talks about their company culture, their outreach to communities, the demographics of communities they want to serve. Do they partner with real estate professionals that are demographically, racially demographically important to the community, right? Do they have loan officers that are your same, same racial demographic? There's nothing wrong with picking up the phone, calling and asking. And when you get that black real estate loan officer, ask them how many black families have they helped? How many black loans have they closed in the last year? What's their outreach to the black community? And if they don't have the answers that you're liking to hear, move on. You know, there there are multiple ways that you can engage in home in the homeownership buying opportunity and partner with people that are your same racial demographic. You do have to do a little bit of groundwork, but lucky for all of us, Google is here these days and it is actually very, very helpful in these situations. Absolutely. Great. Those are great tips. And then kind of going back to um, something that you were talking about a few minutes ago, um, one of the factors that Pew cites for the homeownership gap is that white homebuyers are more likely to have family assistance when buying a home, at least in part because homeownership is so closely linked to wealth creation. So if your family has a history of homeownership, the chances that there's money there to help you get into a home is a lot higher than if your parents have never owned a home before. Um, so what are some resources or strategies that are available to Black homebuyers who may not have the option of family financial assistance, but who are committed to buying a home and are just looking for you know, those resources to help them get the down payment or the closing costs or, or whatever they need? Yeah, indeed. It's so true. You know, I have a lot of friends um, that they were gifted a down payment to their first home from their parents when they either graduated college or got married. Um, and what a wonderful opportunity for them to step into home ownership with that gift of a down payment and not have that burden. That does two things and enables you to get into a home faster, which gives you the opportunity to enjoy whatever the interest rates are in that current moment, not knowing if they're going to rise or fall. And then additionally, you get to begin equity creation far, far faster than if you're waiting 
10, 15, 20 years uh, to accrue a down payment, you get to enjoy those benefits almost immediately as you're stepping into these pivotal points in your life. And so it is a great blessing to those families that are able to pass down that generational wealth through equity and assist their children with getting into homes. Now, if you are from a family that does not enjoy these same resources, what can you do? Well, obviously, down payment assistance is a major, major help to getting over that roadblock of the down payment for most of our Black families. Um, I work for Arrive Home. We are a national down payment assistance provider, and we work with a multitude of social enterprises to provide that down payment. Um, to the Black community. There are also many, many other state and local home down payment assistance programs. Some of them are in the form of a grant, which means it's essentially free money that they are providing to you um, for you to be able to get into that home. The downside with most grant programs is they work on what's called a tranche pool. That means that there is a particular amount of money that has been allocated towards this one specific resource, which in this case is down payment assistance. And once those monies are gone, they have to wait for the next tranche to fund them. So sometimes with grant opportunities, it is a little bit more difficult to acquire the funding just because they, it is limited. But again, there are other down payment assistance um, resources out there, again, arrive home that don't work on that same way. Uh, like I said, stated earlier, uh, downpaymentresource.org is a great, great website. Uh, they provide you with a list of all the down payment assistance providers in your area based on area code, and you can outreach to them um, directly. I've recently heard many, many corporate organizations that are starting to offer down payment assistance as part of their company structure. Um, they have pools of money that they've allocated towards employees. Now, a lot of these are based on how long you've worked in the company, um, you know, the, the level that you are, you mid-management, upper management, if you've taken advantage of tuition programs as well, sometimes they go hand in hand, um, but that could be a potentially a great resource um, as well for people that need down payments to get into homes. That's great. So yeah, there's a lot of, there are a lot of options out there. I think not a lot of people are aware of, of all of the down payment assistance that is available. Um, and you do have to kind of look around for it, do some research, but um, once you connect with a good loan officer too, they should be able to help you and make some recommendations and kind of set you on that path. If that's something that you need. Oh, absolutely. And not just loan officers, many, many real estate professionals also have really great relationships with down payment assistance resources. They have great relationships with city and council and county uh, level down payment assistance as well. So it just depends. But most of your real estate professionals, specifically if they have a nuance of working in minority communities, they know a lot about the down payment assistance um, options that are available in your particular area. Great. And then the last question that I wanted to ask you is just that given that home ownership and home equity specifically are so fundamental to wealth building for most people in the U.S., closing the home ownership gap obviously has serious implications for wealth creation opportunities in the Black community. So what steps would you recommend for home buyers who, you know, maybe they're feeling intimidated or they're discouraged by their previous experiences or by headlines about how difficult the market is? What can they do to empower themselves to get into a position to buy a home? Like what are the first steps that you would recommend for them to take? 
Yeah, this is a really, really great question because I know a lot of people get frustrated and overwhelmed. Again, as we were discussing earlier, it is an exceedingly overwhelming decision to first decide to buy a home and then to go through the process, right? But initially, let's just talk about what you can do first and foremost. First thing you can do is get an accurate copy of your credit report. You need to know where you stand, what your FICO score is, so that when you're going in to speak with a loan officer, you are empowered with that information. Um, if you pull your credit score and you find out that your score is a 525, you're not ready to have that conversation with a loan officer or a real estate professional at that point, simply because your FICO score is not where you want it to be in order to buy a home. Yes, can you potentially buy a home with a 585 FICO score? Sure, there are programs out there that would allow you to do so, but the interest rate you're going to be charged would be quite a bit higher than if you were able to improve your score. So if you've got a, a score that you feel is substantial enough, my, my recommendation would be if you've got a 620 or above, then you're probably ready to start looking into it. Um, and number two would be, what does your savings look like? You know, even if you're going to utilize down payment assistance or utilize closing cost assistance, which is also available out there, um, in order to get into your home, you still need reserves. Um, I've been in down payment assistance for over five years now. And it is shocking to me how many people do not utilize down payment assistance as a tool because they want to use all the money they've saved to put down on their home. Now, while this is very admirable, let's just use round numbers. Say you've saved $20,000 to get into your home. You're going to put the $20,000 down on your home. You've still got to move. <laughs> you still have moving expenses. You still are going to have to buy things for your new home. You're still going to want to go in there and paint and update it and make it your own. Or moreover, what if you move in and then six months later, your air conditioning unit goes out or your refrigerator breaks or my second home I bought two weeks later, the garage door fell off, like it just was closing and it just collapsed. You know, these are all expenses that you're not really planning on incurring and unfortunately, if you have depleted your savings, well, now we are in a very negative situation where we may be faced with the choice of making your mortgage payment or paying for this expense to be fixed. And that's absolutely the last thing we want to do. We want to avoid that if at all possible. And so do not deplete your savings, whatever would you do. And then home buying education is a great resource for people that are just coming in and starting the home buying process. Um, there are many, many HUD approved home buying education courses and counselors that you can contact for free. HUD has a list of them on their website. I believe their website is HUD.gov. And you can go through and look for a counselor in your area that you can partner with for free and they can shepherd you on what you need to do in your own unique circumstance. And that might be credit counseling. Then you might be ready. They may say, OK, well, have you thought about using one, two, three resource to get you on your path? And then again, finally, again, with that uh, real estate professional partnering with that trusted real estate professional, specifically from um, a minority real estate professionals, either NAMBA, NAREP, NAREP, um, and then help, having that person help you find a loan officer that is going to meet with you and be sensitive to your unique situation. Absolutely. And I just want to say on the credit piece, I know, um, you know, if people do have a lender in mind, and I know that Fairway offers this, it's definitely worth talking to them about if their credit score is low, 
you know, maybe it's not, you're not going to buy a house tomorrow. You're not going to qualify tomorrow, but if you can start that relationship, um, like I know that fairways credit tool program, they will, the loan officer will actually work with them and say, okay, here's what we need to do. Let's create a plan so that maybe it is six months or a year later, but now you've had somebody tell you, this is exactly what to pay off. This is exactly what we're going to do and put you in a much better position to qualify. So it's worth talking to somebody early on and not feeling like I've got to figure this out myself, because when you find someone in the industry who you can trust, they can really walk you through it and get you to the place where you can buy a home. And specifically in this um, current environment where the real estate market is moving a little bit slower, you know, in 2020 and 2021, I mean, it was rapid fire, all hands on deck. It was just go, go, go. Well, the market's depressed a little bit. Not a lot, but a, enough that people typically have a little bit more time and care to spend with their borrower or consumer. So to your earlier point, indeed, if you do have a trusted loan officer, definitely use them as a resource. That's an extremely valuable resource. They can, again, tell you what to pay off, what to pay down, how much to save, and how to utilize your finances to the best of your ability to really set you up for success. Yeah, definitely. They can. And it's like, that's the person that you want to be talking to in addition to your real estate agent, because they're the ones who are walking through the loan process. They know better than anyone what it's going to take to qualify. So you want that insight. You don't have to be out by yourself trying to figure it out or or guessing or making your own plan. It's like, go to the person who's going to oversee that loan file. Absolutely. Absolutely. 